And today's gospel reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. I was recently reading a funny article about the most overused and cliche movie lines in the history of cinema. You know, there are lines that sneak back into movies time and time again, and you hear them, and you roll your eyes because you've heard it so many times already in other movies. One good example, for instance, that finds its way into every Star Wars movie, I've got a bad feeling about this. And you roll your eyes on one hand, but then you also think, well, it's part of the Star Wars movie, and it's just the way it happens. But you know those kind of lines, right? Those cliche lines that you hear time and time again, or those tropes that you hear movie to movie. One, for example, is often used when the bad guys show up is, we've got company. You know that line? You've heard that one? What about, for instance, when you hear the line, I was born ready. You see, when Valerie asks me about my sermon every Sunday, I say, I was born ready. You know, it's pretty cliche. There's the threat from one character to another, sometimes the tough cop questioning a criminal, saying, we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. Right? You've heard those lines a few times in different movies, but there's also one line or one trope that shows up pretty frequently in science fiction movies. When an alien or creature from another planet first arrives on the scene, what's one of the first things they say? Take me to your leader. That's a good one. That's actually, that's not what I was thinking, but that's good. You know your sci-fi. I was thinking, we come in peace, right? Take me to your leader is probably a very close second, but we come in peace or some variation thereof. So when the alien spaceship first arrives on the scene or on the flip side, when the humans first arrive on another planet or wherever it may be, the first line, the first encounter is usually, I come in peace, or we come in peace, or some variation thereof. Do you remember the day the earth stood still? Came out before my time. But Klaatu arrived and said, we have come to visit you with peace and goodwill. Right? Sounds familiar. Captain Kirk more than once said, we come in peace. Even Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story said... I come in peace when talking to toys he didn't know how to interact with. 
We come in peace is a very important first line for these intimidating creatures who we have not seen before. And establishing some possibility of peace is essential in these first encounter. Kind of cuts through the tension. What's the first meeting going to be like? And so naturally, someone says, well, we've come in peace. There's nothing to worry about, right? I ask you, when you've seen these movies, how long does that peace usually last? The fact that the aliens and the humans or whatever creatures, they end up, they begin talking about peace, but if that's how it went throughout the movie, it probably wouldn't sell many tickets, would it? I come in peace usually turns into shoot to kill, doesn't it? I come in peace, shoot to kill. What good is we come in peace if deep down we know the movie plays out quite differently. One might suggest that today's scripture, the angel visiting the shepherds in the field, is the essence of a movie cliche that we just talked about, right? Creatures show up in the heavens. They come to a afraid group of people, people who are fearing for their lives, and they bring a peaceful greeting. Do not be afraid. We bring good news of great joy. It's playing out just like one of those movies we just talked about. But things go off script at that point. Because where a movie script would normally turn to war or bloodshed or shoot to kill, as science fiction movies often do... This story promises a divine peace given to all people. Now that may not sell movie tickets, but it is the message the world, these shepherds needed to hear. Once again, we're in a sermon series throughout December called Songs of the Season, where we're looking at various songs. Last week we read Zechariah's song. This week we're talking about the angels. We'll also read Mary's song and Simeon's song coming up. But today we read perhaps the shortest song, and quite frankly, one that's not actually called a song, but we call it a song anyway, the song of the shepherds, to the shepherds in the field. The song is short and sweet, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. But this song, short as it may be, carries perhaps the heaviest implication or the most weighty implication of all the songs and scripture we will read over the next few weeks. And so the angels appear to the shepherds. We gloss over this part of the story. We sometimes forget what a big deal it is for the angels to arrive in the shepherd's field to give this important message to the lowliest of creatures. I just finished a 25-page paper on a passage from the book of Revelation because that's what sane people do. But of course, when you're reading through the book of Revelation, you hear about angels. It was, in, it was actually the letter to the church at Philadelphia, and that letter was sent to the angel of the church at Philadelphia. 
And so I had to do some research on angels, and at least a very brief research on what an angel is. And quite frankly, angels are a somewhat underdeveloped character or doctrine in the Christian faith. We don't know a lot about them. They don't show up often. Are they there? Yes. But we don't always know what to make of them. We don't always know what to make of angels. But one of the most consistent characteristics of angels are that their primary role is to carry a divine message from God to the people. Perhaps the most accurate, consistent translation or regard of angels involves the carrying of an important message. Of course, they take on some other roles throughout Scripture, but of course, in today's passage, it is that very characteristic that we study. The angels bring a divine message from God to those who, quite frankly, would be the last to hear a divine message. The message comes by way of an angel because it must be protected. It is important, it is essential that this message is conveyed in a way that God intends. It must not come through the filter of a prophet. It must not come through the filter of another human being. It comes straight from the messengers of God in the heavenly realm. Now, that's a pretty big deal. That means this message is of the utmost importance. This time of year, I'm thankful for shipping insurance. Have you ever gone to the post office and mailed something and you're asked, would you like insurance on that? You know that through the post office you get an automatic $50, I believe it is, of insurance with whatever you're mailing. But sometimes if you're mailing something more value, you want to, uh, more value, you want to take out a little more insurance to help ensure that the package arrives safely and undamaged. Last night I saw a news story. This is becoming a very common reality this time of year that as the post office and FedEx and UPS leaves packages from Amazon on your front porch, they're getting taken and they're getting stolen. Someone walks through your neighborhood and sees five different boxes stacked on your front porch and they know you're not going to be home for another three or four hours. They're going to go ahead and take one. One of the reasons why those video camera doorbells are becoming such a big deal now, so that we can watch out for that. So each shipping company makes us, gives us as best an assurance they can. They offer insurance so that we can know, or at least have some assurance, that the package arrives unharmed. Here is a message that arrives untainted or unharmed not destroyed or modified in any regard. The message that comes to the shepherds and comes to us today, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. This is the message that the angels took from God and brought directly to the people. Now that tells us that we'd better take that message seriously since it was brought to us with such great care. Of course, messages still need to be interpreted, don't they? Peace on earth 
is not a unique message. I hate to tell you, but the angels weren't the first ones to utter the phrase, peace on earth, goodwill to all people. In the opening candle lighting that Jamie and Kelly read, you heard about a Pax Romana, a time of peace instilled upon, or should I say, enforced on the people of the Roman Empire. It was something they were very proud of. Peace across the land. Do you know how easy it is to instill peace when you've beat down your rivals so bad they have nothing left to fight for? That's a real easy way to create peace, isn't it? You know how easy it is to create peace when you threaten your subjects with death or persecution or prison? Yeah, there's one kind of peace, I suppose. The peace of the Roman Empire originated from violence and oppression of a powerful government and emperor. It's hardly a recipe for a peace that would last, and we know that. We see how history played out. But the peace of Christ is a true, subversive, all-welcoming peace that would flood the earth. Peace is not merely the absence of conflict. Peace is, as we often read of or speak of regarding the Old Testament, shalom. You don't have to be a Hebrew student to have heard the word shalom or to interpret or use the word shalom. Shalom, of course, is a common greeting amongst people who speak the Hebrew language, but it is also a reality. And shalom does mean peace, but once again, peace is not merely the absence of fighting. Shalom is wholeness or harmony or flourishing or tranquility, a reality so idealistic that it can only be achieved with divine intervention, which was what we read of in today's passage. Peace to all people was the message from God through the angels to the shepherds, saying, yes, even you, the lowliest of creatures on this earth, will enjoy tranquility and flourishing. It's a message promised to all of us because of Christ's coming. But it must be worked for. Because note with this announcement, on one hand, the fabric of reality changed. Peace had come to humankind through the birth of the Christ child in the manger. And because of that reality, the world was changed. The cosmos was changed. And yet, on the other hand, Peace must be instilled through work. It's not simply something that drops out of the sky and our hearts are changed like that and all of a sudden things are okay. We are still called today, over 2,000 years after this announcement, to work for peace. As we talked about last week, Advent is the season of already but not yet. We acknowledge today that a peace beyond all understanding has come to us and lives in our hearts and lives amongst the people of this congregation and is breaking forth in the world around us. The peace of Christ is already here. 
and yet it has not yet reached its full potential. And that is why we are here. The church is here to see it through. The church is here to see the work of the gospel through us. The message that came through the angel is now given to us, and we are to see it through. And so, church, as we mentioned earlier, angels, as best we can tell, carry an important divine message to those who need to hear it. So, First Baptist Church, I say this to you, knowing it may be a bit cheesy, but you are, you are my angels. You are the angels of this city. You carry with you a very very important message that people still need to hear. You carry with you good news of great joy that this city needs to hear through your words and they need to see it through the work of your hands. It is not a task to be taken lightly and as vessels of this message, you have a great truth to protect You carry with you a message that can be easily tainted or destroyed or misconstrued. And so as angels, you are charged with protecting and keeping this important message safe and sharing it with the world around you as clear as it was given to the shepherds on that night. This message of peace must reach its destination unharmed and uncompromised. I ask you today, are you up to this task? Are you prepared to walk out these doors and to say to your neighbor or to the server or to the waitress or to your family at home or to your, to your co-workers this week or to your classmates, I come with peace. I come with a peace that surpasses all understanding. I come with the peace of Christ, which I share with you this day. Let's pray.